you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Happy Thursday. It's another edition of Tapeheads. Bob Oshusen with Dan Orlovsky and Scott Pioli. This is the podcast that takes you behind the X's and O's, does the deep dive into football. And guys, the deep dive into the end zone over and over again is being done by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And for Tom Brady, for the 600th time in his career, he did this. <laughs> we move right to left. Here's Brady's pass. Caught ball. Touchdown, Mike Evans. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Where are you? 600. Touchdown passes for Tom Brady. Stand up, Bucks fans. Salute TB12. Tom Brady, 600 career touchdown passes. 600 touchdown passes. Could he throw 700? <laughs> you only have to play a couple of more years, right? I mean, look at the numbers that he's putting up. I, Dan, I heard all of your compadres on Get Up talk about earlier in the week the fact that Tom Brady right now is the MVP. Even with what we've seen from Kyler Murray, what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers, maybe Josh Allen, there's a handful of other quarterbacks, certainly in that conversation. You've been talking about Lamar Jackson the whole season. But, I mean, I, I heard Marcus Spears say that he thinks that Tom Brady's going to take two or three of those guys, you know, the Godwins and... and um, Mike Evans and... Mike Evans sure. of the world, and put them in the Hall of Fame <laughs> yeah. because he is playing right now as good as maybe he has ever played in his career. How is it possible? There's no way you could take Tom out of the MVP conversation, first of all. I think there's, like, your, to your point, there's a lot of people attached to it. I think two things about Tom that are as good, if not better, than ever before for him right now. His ball placement, it is absolutely out of this world right now. If you go to the Chris Godwin touchdown in the first quarter, he's coming down in motion, and he's got a little bit of a, it's known as a jerk-and-go route. So you're trying to get the linebacker who's playing kind of match coverage, so to speak. He's got you essentially in a match-man coverage, and we're down on the three-yard line. And Chris Godwin's goal is to get close enough to the linebacker 
but not too close. Close enough where you want him to come to you and match, but not too close where he can grab you. And then he goes over the top. Now that play is designed to beat that coverage if the ball is placed perfectly on Chris Godwin's right shoulder as he turns his head back to the quarterback. It's almost like Tom Brady went Zach Morris, pause, froze time, ran there, placed the ball on Chris Godwin's back shoulder on the right kind of edge of his shoulder pad, and then, okay, we can play time again. It was it was perfectly placed. Um, the slant for Mike Evans on the touchdown, the safety is right there. There's a lot of moments as a quarterback where you were get told, don't throw that slant for a touchdown to Mike Evans because the safety is going to kill him unless you throw it and it is right on his chin so he can just hold his body up and the safety doesn't have two step or one step to get you. He has twos, two steps. And it's just the ball placement is so ridiculous. And then the tempo and the pocket movement is so special. So kind of 20 years in the making. The go ball to Mike Evans, he takes this deliberate elongated drop that is all about rhythm, holds his eyes on the safety, one hitch, his shoulders slightly incline up to put enough air on the football, but they don't pop up, so the accuracy changes, and he just plays in such remarkable rhythm. Or the third down touchdown to Mike Evans on third and goal, where he's pocket movement, he sets his feet to the left, he shuffles, shuffles, nothing there, goes to climb the pocket, and as his left foot hits the ground, his eyes pop up and see Mike scraping the back of the end zone and instinctually and reactively steps up on that left foot and throws a high ball touchdown. The po- like the pocket movement right now by Tom is the best in the NFL at any quarterback at 44 years old. All right, so Dan... I wish we had hours to do this because you talk <laughs> yeah. about how that's been years in the making. And I'm going to take everyone back here. So 2001, we're in New England and Brady hadn't started yet, hadn't played yet. And it's the off season. And I remember, never forget it was in April and it was the draft was nearing. I was in the office late. We still had the bubble. We were still working at a Foxborough stadium. And I go to leave the office. It's a Friday night and it's, I don't know, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. And as I'm leaving, I see that the lights are still on in the bubble. And I drive around the construction, get over to the bubble where it is and go to turn out the lights. But parked outside, there's this little yellow Jeep. And I knew exactly who was in there because, Mm -hmm. you know, Brady couldn't get a deal. He was making minimum. So Drew Bledsoe helped him get a car deal. But Drew made sure all they would give him was his ugly little yellow Jeep. So he he sported around in this yellow Jeep back when (laughs) yellow wasn't a cool color. And... And I go inside, you know, one of those doors because it, it, the airtight bubbles, remember, because if there was any air pressure loss, yep. the place would collapse. So I go in there and sure enough, there's Brady by himself and he's got elastics around his both of his ankles. He's doing footwork drills, throwing the ball into the net, into the buckets in the net. He's got his boom box there, listen to music, right? So they, they still had boom boxes back in 2001 and he's by himself and... I go on and he goes, hey, babe, how you doing? He runs up to me and we chat. We just talk real quick. I said, hey, yeah, didn't know you were in here. Make sure you hit the lights on your way out. You know, and he, he had acquired a key. I think I've mentioned this before. Someone gave him a key, wink, wink. And Smart move. <laughs> hey, but he didn't want people to know when he was working. He wanted to come and go when he wanted. He was working on footwork and throwing, stepping up in the pocket. Now, he didn't have things coming at him, but he was just working on that foot movement. That was 20 years ago. And he knew what what one of his limitations was, 
And as I left that building, I said, okay, Tom, make sure you lock up, hit the lights. And he looks at me, goes, okay. And he goes, hey, babe, make sure you don't tell anyone about this. And he kind of smiles at me. Now, I tell this story now because I'm allowed to 20 years later. He has given me permission. But you talk about it being years <laughs> in the making. This is the detail that the guy had. You know, We had this conversation about work ethic and work habits. He started developing work habits to go with his work ethic that was going to teach him something that allows him to be the performer he is at this level an amazing 20 years later. This He didn't wake up. And, 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 you know, roll out of bed and say, oh, I'm going to, you know, do a couple of footwork drills, run the ladder, do this. This guy's been working on it his entire adult professional mm-hmm. life. Now, you talk about the accuracy and the ball placement. Here's the other thing that I witnessed as, uh, you know, when I was working in New England with him. Tommy is out to practice early and he stays at practice late. And even when he wasn't starting, when he wasn't starting, he would, all the scout team guys... He would stay after after practice and say, okay, we didn't get reps in in the real offense. Here we go, David Givens. Here we go, David. Pa-. You know, some right. of the guys that were backups. And he would run through much of the script or as much as he could to get things out. And part of it was Tommy was also spending time. He made sure and he communicated with the players that were receiving the ball. Listen. I'm going to put the ball in a place that no one else can get to. The defender might be on you. So if the ball, if you, the defender's on you, you feel where the defender is. I'm going low and away with it. Expect that where the ball is going to be. And early in his career, people were concerned about his accuracy because there were some of those throws that if you didn't know, they looked to be accurate because the receiver had to work to get there. But the receivers like Troy Brown, like David Patton, like Dion Branch, like David Givens, those guys who stayed and spent extra time with him before and after were the ones that succeeded. I don't know Mike Evans. I don't know the rest of the guys on that roster, but I know this. I know they're working with him and they are putting (laughs) in the work with him. That's just such great historical perspective on, I mean, you said, you know, back when you were working there before Brady started to play, I, I don't remember that. Like, you know, we always say, like, we all have kids, and I really don't remember what life was like before I had kids. I just kind of feel like we woke up one day and had kids. I don't remember what life was like before Tom Brady was playing quarterback against the Jets. But one thing I will say, just to kind of build off that same story, Scott, Terry Bradway told me this story one time when he was the general manager of the Jets. It's the 4th of July, middle of the summer. It's 100 degrees out. He left some papers in the office. He had to go back to the office to get those papers. He drives into the parking lot, keys the gate at Hofstra, the old jet training complex, drives into the training complex at Hofstra, and there's one car in the parking lot. It's the 4th of July. He's thinking to himself, who? I'm, I'm definitely the only person that I would have thought would have been coming here to do anything today. And as he parks his car... He's walking into the building, looks out, and you remember, looks out to the right from like that player locker room entrance, and the practice field is over on the right. And at two o'clock in the afternoon, in a hundred degree heat with a thousand percent humidity on the 4th of July, by himself is Curtis Martin out on the playing field going through his plays. How do you become a Hall of Famer? How do you become one of the greatest of all time? How do you do that? You do that by having that kind of a work ethic. And there always seems to be a story about the great ones that guys like you see and can tell later on that we never knew happened. That's what makes them great. Now, right now, a team that is kind of putting recent history behind them is the Raiders. How are they doing this? And can the Eagles keep the train on the tracks? Those are two teams that I want to talk about with Dan Orlovsky and Scott Pioli when we come back on Tape Bits. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. We are back on Tape Eds. Bob Wachusen, Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky. All of the drama that now seems to be in the rearview mirror very quickly. What an amazing couple of weeks it has been for the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, why are they still doing what they are doing and being a successful football team? The quarterback has an explanation. Here's Derek Carr. It all starts up front in this league. You know, if, if you can dominate the, the line of scrimmage, you have a good chance to win the football game. And they've done a great job for us. And, you know, what they showed me in practice is why I wasn't worried, you know, and the mistakes that would happen in games is why I wasn't worried. That doesn't mean we're going to be perfect going forward. It just means that if we continue just to do right, good things happen. And uh, so far, they, they did a great job. I mean, I turned around on some of those run holes and some pretty big lanes in there. Well, guys, if you have an offensive line in front of you, that is the building block for any successful offense. That is certainly what Carr and the Raiders are operating behind right now. But I'm just thinking, not even just schematically, of what what is making this team continue to be a success, but how we all thought this was a house of cards that will crumble with the controversy surrounding their departed head coach a couple of weeks ago. And maybe that's a bonding element to that locker room. I don't know, but it's amazing how seamlessly it seems as a team they have gotten through this. Yeah, they got good leadership. Yeah, they They got good locker room leadership, um, good locker room standards, good everyday habits. 
you know, that is that overcomes negative. I think for a football team offensively, I'll speak offensively and then quickly on the defense. Offensively, you can't play man and you can't play zone against them. <laughs> Those are the only two options, okay? And you can't play zone because Derek, and I sent out a tweet about this earlier in the week. Derek is playing faster than any quarterback in the pocket right now. You play zone, he's... That's how it looks like. It's almost He's just getting through things so quickly. You know, if you go watch in the first quarter, he's got second and 21 at like the 30-yard line going in against Philadelphia. They got trips to the his right. He's got Hunter Renfro by himself backside in a reduced split. They reduce split receivers as much as anybody in football. And the Eagles are going to play cover four. They got secondary quarter of the field, each guy. Now, what teams will do is that backside safety, who's to the single receiver side, they'll call something called four kick or four push because the trips is to the field and you want to match numbers. He'll push that way. Now, Renfro's running like a 12-yard wrap-in route, almost like a, a bad post, you know, a rounded-off post. Derek catches the ball, knows they're going to go four kick, and in one and his one-and-a-half step peaks to the right with his head just a little bit. The safety follows. The safety's vision goes from Derek Carr to the number three receiver, which is Foster Moreau. In his second step, Derek starts to put his eyes back to the safety. And on his third step, his back foot hits the ground from the shotgun, and his head comes back to the left. Safety's vision is already kicked to the right, so he no longer has eyes on Derek Carr, and he rips the in route to Hunter Renfro for 14 yards. I mean, it, it happened so fast. The safety had no choice but to push. And you can't cover it. You just can't stop it. Or then they play man coverage, and he's got Foster Moreau on a one-on-one matchup on the seam, and he's six foot five, 260 pounds, and he can throw him a back shoulder seam ball. So what I'm saying is when you play zone against Derek Carr and the Raiders right now, he gets through progressions so quickly, and he knows what you're in, that it's almost impossible to stop them. And then when you play man... It's really difficult to match up. Ruggs is difficult to match up against. Edwards is difficult to match up against. Their backs, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, are difficult to match up with your backers. Their tight ends, they didn't do it with Darren Waller. Moreau's a good you got it's they're they're a very difficult matchup because of the quarterback. And then defensively, the simplest way I can say this is if you throw the ball and you don't chip Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Every single play, you're a bad play caller. <laughs> Dan, I know you nailed it on the X's and O's. And, and Bob, I want to go back to the, the question or statement that you made that with what yep. happened with Coach Gruden, um, was this going to be a house of cards and, you know, just, just fall to pieces? Um, I thought it was that significant an event or circumstance that it might. But I want to go back to something here. Team building. Mike Mayock has paid attention to the culture and the team that he has built. Mike has been very quiet. He's been out of the way. He doesn't get the sizzle. You know, people used to bust Mike's chops when he would go on and talk about the draft and how excited he would talk about the grunts, right? The offensive lineman, the defensive lineman, guys just doing things the right way. Well, here's what this culture is really about, in my opinion, as an outsider looking at it. You've got a culture that's so healthy and a locker room so healthy that you got guys like Darren Waller in recovery and surviving and becoming stronger, bringing in Max Crosby, 
who also is going through recovery through addiction. You've got a player in Carl Nassib who feels comfortable enough to come out as gay. The organization stays behind him, right? The culture wasn't just one man. And I don't say that in any way to be derogatory. It wasn't just one man. You're bringing in champions like Henry Ruggs. You talk about Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a good football player. I'm not calling him a great football. He's a good football player and a great human being. He does things the right way. Josh Jacobs, Henry Ruggs, they've got champions around there. Hunter Renfro, Colton Miller. They have built a locker room and a culture that has been able to withstand this. And you see teams, and yeah. I've been a part of teams where things start going wrong. And if you don't have the right people in the locker room, it starts to fall apart. You know, I want to talk about one other, two other players on the defensive side of the ball that are key people. You know, Cleveland Farrell, I believe, was the first pick overall that, that, that Mike made. And people have loved to criticize that. Cleveland Farrell is a good football player in the National Football League. He mm-hmm. is a rare building block and person for the locker room. And those are the kind of guys. It's not his fault. You know, people say, well, he was picked 19. He should have been X. He was a first rounder. He should have been X. Sometimes you don't know all the reasons why you're trying to build a player. They were trying to build a program. And there's another player that's kind of, you know, he came from San Francisco, Solomon Thomas, put that guy on my team any day of the week. There is a culture of people there. They are able to withstand what's going on right now. And I don't know how long it's going to last, but I know that they've got enough good people and really, really good leadership with Mike Mayock in that building that pays attention to the things that are more than the X's and O's, that are more than just the tools and the skills. Mike Mayock does know how to build football teams, even though this is the first football team he's building. Scott, can you flip it then to the Eagles? Like, how do they fix it? What's wrong? You know, obviously a first-year head coach there as well. And maybe, yeah, and maybe a quarterback that ultimately, you know, they're going to have to take a hard look in the mirror and say, do we have the right guy that we're turning our franchise over to? But, you know, when you start sitting around the conference table, if you're in that meeting and you want to try and dissect how you fix the Eagles, what would you say? I'm not sure where to start. You know what I mean? And and I don't say that to be a a smart guy or a wise guy. I I don't because it seems like there's a number of things wrong. They've got some pieces. They've got some parts. That it that they brought their team to the Super Bowl with, again, we talk about a culture and a chemistry. It was the coaching staff. It was the locker room as the players that came together together beautifully. There's something off. They have a number of players with talent. Then they've got other players that, aren't as talented. You've got a first-year coach that's trying to find his way, and he's trying to institute what's important to him. And, you know, I just don't – I don't know what all the internal problems are, but it clearly is something that they need to address, and they can't wait to the offseason. They need to be preparing now to understand what are we looking for in players, okay? What is the prototype, not just physically, but that we want – if Nick Suriani is going to be our head coach, what's a Nick Suriani guy? How is Nick and the coaching staff going to be successful with the players that we bring in? And and I really just believe you know, we we could talk about the Eagles here, but I think this goes for any team. Whoever your leader is, you have to bring in players that are going to complement, accentuate who the leader is and who your head coach is. Yeah, the Eagles got a lot of issues, but no one should be surprised that the Eagles have a lot of issues. We knew that when they decided to kind of go about the offseason this way, right? Moving on from Carson Wentz, trading him for the potential first-round pick from the Colts, and then also the the trade with the Miami Dolphins during the draft time, right? So that they, they were positioning themselves for the 2022 NFL draft. 
this year was an evaluation year, a fingers crossed year, so to speak. They were trying to figure out if Jalen Hurts could be an absolute difference maker, if Jalen Hurts was going to be the guy at quarterback moving forward in the future. Halfway through the season, that's an emphatic no. Okay, and I and I don't think that they're necessarily upset that that answer is no. They they just needed to figure out what the answer was because they have three top fifteen picks in next year's NFL draft. Their offensive line is getting older. It just is. Lane Johnson has missed time. Kelsey's kind of a rock of that offense. Their left tackle has missed time. Their left guard has missed time. Their right guard again has missed time. This is the third year in a row that that used to be a like a. Foundate when they went on the Super Bowl, that was the best offensive line in ball. So the the foundational backbone piece is going to have to get rebuilt. Their skill position players, really, it's Devonte, and then we'll see. Moving on from Zach Ertz, you know Dallas Goddard. They're going to have to figure out is Dallas Goddard worthy of being paid a number one? Their defense is deprived of talent. This is a bloated roster of overpaid contracts, and they are going to have to start a rebuild next year, and they're going to have to figure out, are they going to sell the farm to get the quarterback, whether it's a veteran or a rookie with their three first-round picks, or are they going to use those picks to rebuild the roster? All great questions, and they sound like they are an organization that is at a crossroads. And when we come back here on Tape Heads, we're going to talk about two teams that very well might also be at organizational crossroads, different types of crossroads, but the direction they take could actually be determined based on the outcome of the game they play this weekend. Might not be overstating that, how important there is a singular game to two teams this weekend who will play against each other in the AFC North. We will tell you about that when we come back on Tape Heads. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. 
sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Back here on Tape Heads. Well, tonight's game between the Packers and Cardinals is going to be a game that, look, we're going to talk about this game, I think, even next week because of how important it is to both of those teams. But, guys, I want to spin the conversation towards two teams. We just talked about the Eagles and whether or not they are at an organizational crossroads. Two teams in the AFC North might be different kinds of crossroads. Ben Roethlisberger in a very different place in his career than Baker Mayfield is in his But the winner of the game between the Browns and Steelers this weekend is still going to be keeping pace with Baltimore and now a Cincinnati team that looks like they are ready to go on a prolonged run with a guy that looks like they have found the answer at quarterback in Joe Burrow. The loser of this game might really have to start asking some questions because they're now out of it. For all intent and purposes, they are now buried in maybe as tough a division as there is in the NFL. So how important is this game to the Browns and Steelers this weekend? And what questions do you think will be asked and answered when we get done with this game? I say it's a must win for the Cleveland Browns. I don't think it's a must win for the Pittsburgh Steelers, primarily because I don't think the Steelers are a playoff team. I haven't, I felt that way from the beginning of the year. Now, I don't think, so the, the Browns can and should win this game, whether it's with Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum. They should get some of their healthy pieces back. Hopefully, Jack Conklin is playing. So, both tackles are going to be a part of this football game. Um, and some of the health at the skill position players will step up. So, last last week when they played Denver on Thursday Night Football, it was about the run game and the 12 personnel, 13 personnel tight ends. I absolutely, fundamentally, 100% think it should be a very similar thought process. That is who you are. The number I'm living in a world where Case Keenum plays quarterback. Number one goal, make sure Case Keenum does not ruin the football game, does not lose the football game. That is on Kevin Stefanski. Number two, do not ask Case Keenum to win the football game. You lean on that high-priced offensive skill position group and offensive players. Let's run the football and utilize that play-action pass to create chunks in our offense. I think the challenge is going to be again on the Cleveland Browns defense. They played really, really good against the Broncos. This will be a little bit different of a challenge on the perimeter because the Broncos skill position players are so hurt. But the, the, I mean, if you just watch the Steelers offense, you've got to have like three goals. Number one, don't give up a go route to Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool because they're going to take their one shot a quarter, so to speak. Sometimes it happens on third down. Don't give up that shot. Number two, take the quick passing game away to the perimeter. That is basically the pass offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you do that, you are going to significantly hamper their ability on offense. And so I I think the Browns could and should win this football game. And it's just about making sure that Pittsburgh doesn't do the one or two thing. And I don't don't even think they do it well. I just think that's the only (laughs) thing that they can do. And say, okay, here, Najee, you're going to get your 30 touches. And if we give you 30 touches for 140 yards, you're only going to score 14 points. We will be good enough to score more than that. Yeah, and and I 
agree with you, Dan. I think that this is a much bigger game and a much more important game for the Browns than it is the Steelers because I, I really believe we have two teams kind of heading in different directions. And I go back to the beginning of the year. I thought the Browns were going to be better. And yeah. they're not bad, but I just thought they were going to be better. And that's the problem with expectations sometimes. And I saw them as an ascending team because the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger and the organization – They've decided to continue to play with Ben and not move towards whoever's next and when that's going to happen. I feel like this is one of those seasons for them that they're still – it's almost yeah, they're trying to win. I I don't I don't want to say anything about the performance, sure. but they're they're stuck in between right now. And at some point in time, they're gonna to have to make that decision, figure out who the next quarterback's gonna be. And right now they're in, you know, they're in just straight line mode. And it's not gonna get better until that change is made. And that Ben Roethlisberger is going to go to the Hall of Fame. He should go to the Hall of Fame. But right now, someone has to make a decision there for them to be talked about as a team that will be ascending again. Now, with the Browns, I, I agree with you. And, and the quarterback, Case Keenum, he can't screw it up. And right. Kevin Stefanski can't screw it up for him. Right. Again, we talked last week about this, you know, the most successful career that or season that Case Keenum had was 2017 under... You know, the quarterback coach who was Kevin Stefanski, and they won 11 games. So he knows better than anybody what he can do and what he can't do. He needs to manage his quarterback so his mm-hmm. quarterback can manage the game well. Now, we've got some injury issues, but to me, the key is going to be the Browns' defense, and, and they have some issues. But what they need to do this week is create turnovers and make Ben so uncomfortable that he makes some key mistakes. Because we have seen, as he's gotten older in this stage of his career, with a lot of pressure or the right. fear of pressure, that's when he starts making mistakes. And that and that's not a slight on Ben at all. That's what happens. You know, it's like anything in life. The more times you get hit, the more times you say, hey, it, it, this ain't normal. Sure. <laughs> and you, sure. you know, your your body makes a, a mistake that the mind um, is telling you that you should make a mistake. So to me, I think there's going to be a lot on the Browns defense right now. And you're right. They, and they just can't screw it up on offense. Can, can I hit you with two things that I think the Browns offense should have success with? So, and, and this has been the story for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense for 15 years, is when you play in a somewhat base offensive personnel. So if I play in 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, or again, because our three tight ends are really good in Cleveland, 13, so one back, three tight ends, Pittsburgh is going to leave their linebackers on the field. Now, what you can do formation-wise, specifically in 12 personnel, when I still have two receivers on the field, is I can present that personnel grouping to Pittsburgh. Their linebackers are going to stay on the field. And then formationally, I can take my tight ends, put them outside where my receivers traditionally line up near the numbers, and I could take my receivers and bring them inside. I could take a Jarvis Landry inside, a Peoples-Jones, an OBJ, and inside. And the, the Steelers will play their coverage still with the linebackers inside. So you can get matchups, whether zone or man. Now, they'll leave backers inside in man coverage on these receivers. You can get so many favorable matchups and good matchups matchups by leaving their big guys on the field, bringing my skilled position guys in this in, inside and running routes on the linebackers. I can get Jarvis Landry on a linebacker on a consistent basis. That is something that if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I'm going to do a lot of. And then there's going to be two to three times in this football game where you can get 
You can show Minka Fitzpatrick, who's the center field, middle of the field safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can show him stuff. I think Minka is fantastic. This is not a Minka's not good thing. Minka is fantastic. He's also the nosiest safety in football. (laughs) And I remember Peyton Manning being with him in 2011. And Peyton used to always have this saying, you cannot allow guys to play defense that way. You have to make sure that they don't think they can do that. While he's phenomenal, he's nosy. And if you present things to him that look the same, eventually he is going to bite. And when he does, you have to hurt when their defense when he does that. So you put things, crossers, deep sits, just things that he thinks I'm going to get you, quarterback. I'm going to kind of jump something here and get a big turnover. And you say, I'm not going to let you do that anymore. Ball's going over your head and you hit the big play. And I, those are two things if I was Cleveland, I'm really going to um, game plan wise focus on. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating game. I think also just the overall implications of, especially, Dan, as you said, if you're the Browns. Because now you're looking at Lamar Jackson's not going anywhere, and that Ravens team is still really good. And now it looks like the Bengals are going to be long-term for real. We all thought that eventually the Browns, with all the talent they've accumulated, haven't Baker, number one pick in the draft. Sooner or later, it would be their turn to ascend in that division. You know, they lose this game. Now you're starting to wonder. You're starting to ask some hard questions about whether or not that's ever going to happen. Yeah, and they're in a tough spot. You know, the the Browns, because there was two things, right, for their football organization this year. Well, three things. I thought win the division, go and contend for the AFC Championship, figure out if Baker Mayfield is the absolute unquestioned guy that you win because of. Right. Um, And I think all three of them are on the table, but all three have a little bit of a cloudy picture trying to get that answer. And to me, Dan the, and Bob, the biggest thing is they still don't have the answer to the quarterback question, right. which is going to be, that is the multi, multi-million yep. dollar question. Yep. Hopefully you enjoyed another week of Tapeheads episodes here. If you want to get in touch with us, by the way, on social media, and let us know what you think. All three of us are on Twitter. Scott Pioli, 51, Dan Orlovsky, 7, ESPN Bob. So we would love to hear from you, your thoughts, teams that we haven't talked a lot about on tape heads questions you might have about crawling behind the x's and o's that these guys can answer about your favorite team we'd be happy to take some requests and uh because we're always looking for you know what the fans want to hear about especially the real football diehards out there that want to crawl behind the x's and o's with dan orlovsky and scott pioli and next week we will have that packers cardinals game to talk about we will have bucks saints to talk about cowboys vikings and of course Brown Steelers. So there are some really pivotal games coming up this weekend in the National Football League. And we will be back on Tuesday with another episode dropping. Thank you for being a tapehead. Tapeheads is a production of iHeartMedia and the NFL. You can download the Tapeheads podcast on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.